Hello and welcome. Good morning. My name is GOP Josh. This is the Conservative Crusader. Thank you for tuning in today. This Tuesday, we did not have a Monday edition, not only because there was absolutely nothing to talk about yesterday, but also because I was very busy. Couldn't make time for the podcast, unfortunately, but that does not happen today. Today, we have a podcast. Today, we have a great podcast talking a lot about the Senate debate that happened last night in the state of Ohio because this is an Ohio-centered podcast. And we will be talking about Ohio. First, I'm going to play a clip from Fox 28, which actually broadcast um, two-thirds of the debate on their TV station. I'm going to play their clip. It's about three minutes long. They have a pretty good summary of the debate, so I'm just going to go ahead and play a clip. race for Rob Portman's seat, not subject to the redistricting maps, so it'll be on the May 3rd primary. Both parties held debates for their candidates today. Congressman Tim Ryan, consumer advocate Morgan Harper, and longtime public servant Tracy Johnson are all Democrats. I should have added that they they, they had a debate for the Democratic Party at 11.30 a.m. yesterday at 11.30 on an antenna-only channel. So they're going to go into that for like 30 seconds, then they talk about the Republican debate be expanded that has been radicalized by the GOP that has pushed through these uh, confirmations and we need to be honest about the fact that that is happening and that it no longer represents the majority of the will of the people living in the state of Ohio. We need to tread lightly because if we expand the court as Democrats then when Republicans come in they'll expand the court. And and just for the fact of the matter is I actually agree with uh, Tracy Johnson on this is that uh, slightly. I mean, I I don't think the Democrats should Im- expand the court, but I don't th- think Republicans would expand the court either just because our Republicans are spineless. And then the court will lose its power. As far as winning the seat, Congressman Ryan says Democrats have to work hard and go to the communities that feel forgotten. No other debates are scheduled before May 3rd. Much more crowded field of Republicans looking to replace Portman, himself, of course, a Republican. All seven on the stage tonight at Central State University in Wilberforce, outside of Dayton. Tom Bosco, on your side for all of it. Tom? Yeah, I guess uh, we're about wrapping up here at Central State. The lights just went out on us. But to be honest, not a lot of new material from those seven candidates who want to replace Senator Rob Portman. Now, only one of those candidates has Portman's endorsement. That is Jane Timken. Six of them, though, still appear to be vying heavily for the endorsement of one man, and that is the former president, Donald J. Trump. Six out of seven Republican Senate candidates still maintain President Joe Biden's defeat of Donald Trump in 2019 was not fair and square. I caught a Democrat operative in a congressional candidate pushing ballot harvesting. Five million more people voted than were registered to vote. The 2020 election was stolen from Donald J. Trump. Each time, moderator Karen Kassler had... And I'm going to pause it there. If you don't know who was talking, I think it was at first Mike Gibbons, or Jane Timken, then Mike Gibbons, then Josh Mandel, if you're not super tuned into this debate or in this race. Job of pointing out their claims were unproven and she got heckled by the crowd for it. That was a false statement, but we're moving on now. The claim that Mr. Gibbons just made about more ballots cast than registered voters has been fact checked and no evidence has been found to support it. We're moving on. The candidates also weighing in on Ukraine. All seven said American troops should not be on the ground there. Some, though, endorsed a no fly zone and they endorsed increased border security, even completion of the border wall. 
J.D. Vance wants a wall from the Pacific to the Gulf of Mexico. Why have we let our entire country become a drug and war zone because of the illegal immigration problem in this country? But Mark Paquita says another country is responsible for the drug problem. Where does that fentanyl come from? That fentanyl comes from China. State Senator Matt Dolan, the one not actively campaigning for a Trump endorsement, called his opponents out for doing just that. I think they're spending a lot of time campaigning to win uh, President Trump's endorsement. But at least one denies that. I've said flat out, I think endorsements are absolutely stupid. And uh, he actually said a similar thing on the podcast. If you haven't already listened to that, uh, that interview with Mark Piquita, check it out. Now, the candidate spoke with the media afterward, except for two, with no reason given. Mike Gibbons and Josh Mandel decided to opt out of taking any further questions from the media after the debate. Bob, back to you. All right, Tom Bosco on your side. Tonight. That was their overview, which is pretty fair, to be honest, and I really liked how they painted every candidate. They, they broadcast every candidate besides one on their little outro. Most of them only paid attention to the top five, but that debate had all seven candidates. It included Mark Paquita and Neil Patel. We're going to talk a little bit about Neil Patel later in the segment because he is a little bit of an interesting candidate. Um, but I, I first want to play, I want to play the the um, closing statement of Mark Pakita here at that debate. For your closing remarks. I'm Mark Pakita and I want to be your next U.S. Senator. I think we need to send a fighter to Washington, D.C. And I'm that fighter. I am the only candidate up here who can say that I got in the race before Rob Portman dropped out. I'm the only candidate who registered in October of 2019 with the Federal Election Commission to take on a sitting U.S. Senator with Rob Portman's money and clout. Everybody else got in after that. As a voter, which I am, but you are as well, I would ask you to ask yourself two questions about them. One, did they think Rob Portman was doing a good job? I did not. That's why I'm running. If they did, I would think that you wouldn't want to vote for them. If they didn't think he was doing a good job, then that triggers the second question. Why did you wait until he dropped out to run? The only answer to that question I could find is that they were afraid of him. They were afraid of his clout and his money. That's not me. If you want a fighter, send me. If you want Rob Portman 2.0, send them. J.D. Vance, 60 seconds for your That was his closing statement, and I agree with it completely. And I think that was a really important issue, and I was kind of screaming at my TV when he didn't call that out sooner. Because this is after all the TV cameras have turned off. They were only broadcasting on the internet at that point, I'm pretty sure. At least they weren't on any of my TV channels. Um, Fox 28 has dropped them at that point. So he should have mentioned that earlier in the debate, because that's an important issue. Is a lot of people don't like Portman. I mean, Portman was popular in 2018, but he wasn't popular after everything that went down in 2020. Not standing up for election integrity, not standing up for President Trump in the election when he could have in 2018, or 20, not 2018, I'm reading an article right now, in 2021. And saying that he dropped out, or he entered the race before Portman dropped, that is a big thing, and he should have played to that a little more, I believe, but I'm not his advisor, I can't advise that. But I'm playing a clip right now, and, and it's a pretty interesting clip, and it, you're, you're kind of going to be like, this actually happened on the debate stage last night, this actually happened on the debate stage last night. Neil Patel, 30 seconds. I'm the only candidate get endorsement from Almighty God. That is the best endorsement I got. And I can say that I'm the only candidate visited more than, eight, all 88 counties more than twice. And I'm the only- So that's gonna, I'm gonna pause it there. Neil Patel, endorsed by Almighty God for U.S. Senate from Ohio. Now, I don't wanna laugh at him, 
because I, I think he's in a good spot, and I'm glad that he's religious, but I I don't believe that that he is that um he, he is he is God's chosen candidate. And if he wins the election, I'll say otherwise. But I'm gonna be honest here. And not trying to disrespect him or his faith. It was just kind of an interesting point. It actually made me l- launch some research into Neil Patel a little more. In 2010, he's a perennial candidate at this point. From how many times he's ran, how many times he's lost. In 2010, he ran against Chris Jordan, former state senator in District 19, as a Democrat. He ran as a Democrat. Got about 30% of the vote. In 2014, he got about 40% of the vote. Still running as a Democrat against the same incumbents. And then in the 2018 race for treasurer, which Robert Sprague just narrowly beat out the Democrat by about 300,000 votes, Neil Patel ran as a Democrat again in 2018. Four years later, he's launching his bid for U.S. Senate as a Republican. Not really sure why all of a sudden he's deciding to run as a Republican. I'm not too sure. But he is a Republican now, apparently. And he really intrigues me. He, I mean, I don't think he has much of a chance. He didn't perform well at the debate. He was kind of hard to understand talking to um, the stage, talking on the stage. But I, I'm glad he's running. I'm glad everyone runs who's running. Um, I believe they all have their positives and their negatives. He just kind of interests me. He he finds me, uh, he strikes me as a, a quite interesting candidate. So I'm, I'm going to be paying attention to his campaign a little more going into May 3rd. But the debate last night showed something major. It showed that when you take all of the candidates and put them on a stage, they will show who they really are. J.D. Vance once again refused to say whether or not he would vote Mitch McConnell for majority leader. When other candidates did, including Rappaquita, said they will not vote for Mitch McConnell for majority leader. And other candidates up there just, just showed that they're not the average Ohioan's favorite choice. But Mark Pukita, who received, and I, I was in um, talking about it on Twitter, and I'm like, oh, he has no chance to support J.D. Vance. That's what I've heard, right? After the debate tonight, a lot of people are coming out and saying they support Mark Pukita. Um, this is someone named Constance on Twitter. Besides J.D. Vance, really like Mark Pukita's responses that I've heard. I hope, however, the election goes, he stays involved in Ohio politics. Amar Piquita wins the debate because he's the only one with courage so far to say he wouldn't vote for Mitch McConnell. Bravo. I'm glad they finally allowed Mark Piquita to debate tonight. This is a person named Nadine. Uh, to debate tonight, I have no idea who Neil Patel is, and I have no idea who was even running before tonight. Um, a ranking from my friend Lone Star Politics at Twitter Mutual. My Ohio Senate candidate ranking, it's Vance as number one, Piquita as number two, and the rest of them underneath that. And it it really really shows that when you're willing to allow every candidate onto the stage, when you're willing willing to allow them all to have a discussion and see how they stand, people will come out as winners. And I believe that Mark Pukita is the best candidate for the seat. I'm not endorsing, but you can take this how you will. Is the best candidate for the seat. And I believe if there are more debates, he will continue to roll. He, he will continue to raise up. He's a great candidate. He is a great... I'm glad he was there. And he actually kind of called out the Intel deal and how how dumb it was that they decided to have 
the Intel deal. They had a debate about balancing the budget with Matt Dolan. And I want to play this clip really quickly. Pardon me. Uh, because Matt Dolan said that because he balances the budget as he has to every year by Ohio bylaws, he is a true great con- fiscal conservative play clip. Thank you. I'd save $4 if, billion dollars I, by not thank paying you. Intel to come here thank so you. I could get reelected we have to move as on. governor. We're running. If you heard that, he said he would save $4 billion by not paying Intel to come here to get reelected as the governor. I'm kind of undecided on the Intel issue. I, I, I like Intel. I like that they're growing in the community, but paying $4 billion so they can get there right before election, right before an election is kind of suspicious to me, especially knowing that he's running it in a lot of his ads, um, Mike DeWine, that is. And it's very, very intriguing. I'm very interested following this race even more here on the Conservative Crusader. Not when we return, however. When we return, a Trump-backed Ted Budd takes lead in North Carolina GOP Senate primary. And that kind of sort of has to do with this race as well. We'll talk about that. Uh, The deputy press secretary tests positive for COVID after traveling to Europe with Biden. And Mitt Romney, who voted against confirming Kenjanti Brown-Jackson last year, says he has not decided whether he will support elevating her to the Supreme Court. When we return here on The Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. A little bit of breaking news here in Ohio. Um, I didn't get a chance to read this article. I'm not a subscriber to Cleveland.com, but Jeremy Pelzer with Cleveland.com says the Ohio Supreme Court will keep the congressional district maps that are in place for the 2020 election unless a federal court intervenes. Um, Republicans are favored in 10 of the 15 districts. I think these are the districts that are on 538, so we can look at that right now here really quickly because we don't have that much time to stray from what we were planning on. Mark, or not Mark, I'm sorry, Mike Carey's protected, uh, Michael Turner is, prospect, is is protected, Steve Shabbat has D plus three, and most other incumbents are protected, including Chantel Brown and Joyce Beatty. Uh, Marcy Kaptur uh, is not protected, is now an R6 seat. Tim Ryan is not protected, but he's not running for that race. So we will see how that map goes down unless a federal court intervenes. That should be hopefully be on the ballot on May 3rd, if not, hopefully soon. So, a Trump-backed candidate takes the lead in the North Carolina GOP Senate primary. Uh, his name is Ted Budd. Um, endorsed by former President Trump is leading among his opponents in the Republican Senate primary campaign, a new poll finds. The poll conducted on March 22nd just came came just after just days after Bud gave an exclusive interview to Breitbart News on Sirius X and Patriot, where he detailed his recent trip to the United States-Mexico border and described the human and drug trafficking taking place by the Mexican drug cartels. And let's see here. Bud le- leads likely GOP voters with 32%, followed by former Governor Pat McCrory with 29 and Rep. Mark Walter with 12, according to the Vitalis and Associates poll. Uh, compared to prior polling, Bud has gained three points against his opponents. Bud is set to take the stage along uh, Trump at a rally in North Carolina next month. As Breitbart News exclusively, exclusively reported, Bud recently met with angel families who lost their children to illegal alien crime to discuss a rigorous GOP agenda on immigration. So 
that I, I kind of want to talk about that to to bring it back to Ohio because it's all Ohio always has been. If Trump endorses in the Senate race, he he can turn it from a from a runaway Josh Mandel race to a viable race for his candidate, and his candidate would most likely win. And I'm I'm not against him endorsing. But I hope he endorses the right candidate. I hope he doesn't endorse Mike Gibbons because he's leading in the polling. I hope that's not the reason he decides to endorse any candidate, not only Mike Gibbons, but just because they're leading in the polling doesn't mean they should win. And just, or I mean, not because they win, but win the Trump endorsement. The best candidate. Um, I, I believe that Mark Piquita is the best candidate at this point. And some other news that just came out right now is WLWT is a Cincinnati um, outlet of some sort is refusing to allow all candidates onto the debate stage in their debate in Cincinnati, including Mark Pukita and Neil Patel, who are two candidates who have been off the stage a lot, not allowed to participate. So if we have this, um, this, what's the word? This endorsement in this race, Trump can easily endorse and change the race day by day. He can he could endorse Jane Timken and she'd win. He could endorse Matt Dolan somehow and he'd win. He could endorse Mark Pajita and Mark Pajita would win. No one has really made their mind up unless they're campaigning for a candidate at this point. And so I honestly think that Mark Pajita can come out on top if he gets the Trump endorsement. And any candidate who gets the Trump endorsement can come out on top. They can be polling at 2% and get the Trump endorsement and win because that's how powerful Trump is. That's how powerful his influence is. But I I kind of agree with Matt Dolan last night when he said that we shouldn't be actively campaigning for the Trump endorsement. We should be campaigning for the endorsement of the voters of Ohio. I agree with that as well because there's a good chance Trump doesn't endorse. And that makes all of your efforts to get his endorsement utterly worthless when you could be spending that time based on or spend that time campaigning for the people of Ohio. So I agree with him there. And Kareen Jean, um, what's uh, last name, Pierre, test positive for COVID after traveling to Europe with Biden. Uh-oh. Deputy Press Secretary Kareen Jean Pierre tested positive for COVID-19 on Sunday following her trip to President Bi- with President Biden to Europe. I last saw the president during a so- socially distanced meeting yesterday, and the president is not considered a close contact. I am sharing the news of my positive COVID test out of an abundance of transparency. Uh, Mark's the latest high-profile White House official to test positive uh, right after Jen Psaki on March 22nd. Uh, Psaki previously tested positive in October of 2021, just, beco- just before another overseas trip for Biden. Uh, earlier this month, or earlier in March, Doug Emhoff tested positive for COVID. Biden has not been considered a close contact for any of these COVID in- individuals, according to the White House. Uh, Jean Pierre noted that she is fully vaccinated and boosted and experiencing mild symptoms. Uh oh. And they say President Trump is not, or not Trump, I'm sorry. President Biden is not a close contact, but he's in the room. They're his staff. He is a close contact. He is right involved with them, of course. He is their boss. I'm sure they're closer than they expect. And I'm sure he is more at risk than they expect, even though he is vaccinated, because the, all of these people who have COVID are vaccinated, right? And we said the same thing the vaccinated created Delta, the vaccinated is creating this new strain. So they have an excuse to lock all of the unvaccinated down again. Do not be alarmed. Do not be surprised. 
I'm praying for her health, of course. I pray for everyone's health, even if I disagree. And I hope that Biden doesn't have COVID because wanting Biden to fail and wanting something to happen to him is like wanting a plane to crash that we're all on. And, you know, I don't, I don't want a plane to crash, especially if it's a plane that has every single one of us on board. So I'm not going to advocate for him to get COVID. I'm not going to advocate for this or that. I hope he's safe. I hope he is healthy. And I hope the country is as well. He is not mentally healthy. We know that. But I hope that he he's better than Kamala, at least. I'd like to believe at least. So let's let, let's move on. Let's talk about something else now. One last thing for today, and then we're going to probably end the episode early. Mitt Romney says he has not decided if he's going to vote for Kenjanti Brown-Jackson's nomination to the, to the SCOTUS or not after he voted against her originally last year. A Republican Senate, Senator Mitt Romney told CNN's Casey Hunt that he has not decided whether he will vote to confirm Judge Brown Jackson or not to serve in the U.S. Supreme Court. Romney, who voted against confirming Jackson to the Court of Appeals for D.C. Circuit last year, said he has stated a much deeper dive or started a much deeper dive than during the prior, uh, prior evaluation. I'll complete that analysis and then reach a decision, noting that he has not made a choice yet. Even if no GOP senators choose to lend their support, the Senate Democratic Caucus could still place Jackson on the high court if they all can vote to confirm that the vice president can ta- cast a tie-breaking vote. Uh, senators Lisa Murkowski, Maine of uh, Susan Collins of Maine, and Lindsey Graham voted to confirm Jackson last year. Ben Sass, who was listed as voting, who was listed as not voting on the confirmation vote last year, issued a statement last week in which he called Jackson an extraordinary person, but said he will not be voting in favor of confirming her to the high court. So, if if Mitt Romney decides to support Brown Jackson to be appointed to this lifetime position on the highest court in the land, so be it. She's going to get nominated. There's no way Mitt Romney wins re-election. And I don't want her to be nominated, but if he decides to show his true colors and support her again, or support her, period, so be it. We can't control his votes. You can call him. You can call the Senate switchboard. Let me find the Senate switchboard number here. I meant to put it on my notes. Senate switchboard. The phone number for the switchboard so you can contact is 202-224-3121. That is 202-224-3121. You can Google this as well. Just search... Um, Senate switchboard. It'll bring you up to a link here. You can also send a correspondence, name it to the office of the senator, put it office of senator name, office of senator Romney, uh, Portman, whatever senator you want to put, and then put United States Senate, Washington, D.C., 20510 if you want to mail it, but that might not be as urgent. You can also go to their website and email them individually. Once again, the phone number, 202-224-3121. Call them, tell them you do not want her appointed. Definitely Democrats. That could lean. I know uh, Kirsten Cinema has not released a statement as far as I'm aware. So if you can get her to not vote for it, overwhelm their office, tell them we do not want Kenjanti Brown-Jackson on the Supreme Court, overwhelm their office, overwhelm their phone lines, make them realize, make them realize, I'm not going to have a voice crack in that, make them realize that we do not want her on the high court. My name is GOP Josh. We'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode. But until then... My name is GOP Josh. Stay tuned.